0: couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong
1: with any of their Timberwolves takes. (laughs) Right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Teige.
0: And welcome in to your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. I'm going to put myself back on the right side of the screen so I can show off this badass Saved by the Bell hat that I'm wearing today. Love it. Love it. Uh, We both are proud of our hat game here today. And uh, I think we both have a little more pep in our step than we would have if we had done this show about 48 hours ago. And uh, if you guys could see the text messages that we were sending each other <laughs> after that first Spurs game, we're just going to bury those for now and uh, you know maybe bring them back at some point if needed. But this is Flagrant howls, and we just want the Timberwolves to win 50 games for the first time in 18 years.
1: And that goal looked very bleak 48 hours ago. But maybe we're back on track here, Kyle. Yeah, this is just a peek behind the curtain of the content game, right? Uh, Sunday night, they beat the Thunder, pretty convincing convincing fashion, so you and I hop on the mics Monday, we're pretty feeling good, the vibes meter was at at least an eight, and then if you didn't watch the show or listen to the show within the four hours it posted, uh, Monday night was an abomination of basketball, um, but then we had we had a day to basically trade everyone and fire everyone yes. and burn down target center and what's the plan b <laughs> yep what's yep, what's the plan d like who's demanding a trade and then we woke up Wednesday and all seems right with the world after they in the two game home series beat the spurs on Wednesday lost them on Monday and sitting at 3 and 2 it's october still i love this stuff but i saw someone tweet that if the playoffs started today which i love right we're 5 games into the season but yeah if the playoffs started today the wolves would be the 6 seed so Things seem back on track. Let's get it. As they get ready for I think maybe the most important basketball game in Timberwolves franchise history on Friday, because if they lose to that Lakers team, it'll be we might have to record Friday night. Like it'll be so much worse than losing to the Spurs because that Lakers team is just the worst basketball team in the NBA. It truly is a must win game on Friday night <laughs> if we want to. Prior to continue, Halloween, just a big probably- must win game.
0: <laughs> um so There's so many things to get into here. We will dive into our first ever uh, uh, Phil and Kyle read the comments segment here on Flagrant Howls. If you haven't already, please click subscribe on the Score North YouTube channel and give us, if you could, if you want to, a five-star rating and a positive review on uh, Apple Podcasts so that we can help spread the word to other Timberwolves fans here that we're were doing this. Um, So after the Wolves got drubbed. Yep. Carl Anthony Towns is asked, I think by Johnny K, hey, you know, Ant struggles on back-to-backs. You know, do you have any advice for him or whatever? And it's kind of a question about Ant. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns could have gone a million different directions with that answer. And he throws Anthony Edwards under the bus. (laughs) Y'all think it's hilarious when he talks about eating Popeye's, you know, fried food. But, you know, that bleep. Yeah, I am paraphrasing here, but you know, that that bleep is not cool. He's a we're elite athletes. We need to be treating our bodies better. He just like completely threw Anthony Edwards under the bus. And then multiple former players come out on their podcasts and torch Carl Anthony Towns for it. And so I I sent a couple notes to just to people that would know better than I would. Is this a thing behind the scenes that's boiling over and Cat just like brought it to the forefront? Are people frustrated with Anthony Edwards' work ethic or diet in some way and You know, not that I did like a full on investigation, but like the answers I got back were no, he's in the best shape of his career and life, and this is not this is not a thing that like Towns is bringing to the surface on behalf of the locker room or coaches or anything. It's just like Towns making a sideways comment, Uh, and then Towns the next day tweets out this group is special, ain't hearing any outside (laughs) noise. It's like, well, dude, any outside noise that exists exists because you put that comment out last night, Uh, and then Anthony Edwards comes out. Everyone plays well for the most part last night. And Edwards in particular scores 34 points. He was efficient. He knocked on a bunch of threes after the game. Jace Frederick asked him, hey, what'd you think about those cat comments? And he basically just dismissed them out of hand, which I found very interesting and said, you know, uh, someone brought it to my attention, but you know, I just, I haven't eaten Popeye's in like two years. I do think there's Zoom evidence on a press conference of him holding a Popeye's bag dated 2021 so that may be an exaggeration, but if he performs like that, he deserves a cheat meal, damn it, once in a while. <laughs> I guess my question to you is, what did you make of the last 48 hours of Kat's comments, the on-the-court response, the
1: off-the-court response, and everything that's gone into this? There's, you just went through, like, six podcasts worth of, like, take. <laughs> you know I mean, there's so much to get into. But the, f- the first thing's first, those comments. Cause there's really not much to talk about that game in and of itself. It was just, like I said, an abomination of basketball. They, I don't, I'm, you're going to not like this, but I'm so used to losing that a loss doesn't do it for me. Like it doesn't really trigger me. It's when you don't try that. I'm just like above and beyond just like so pissed off. So they didn't try on Monday and they, it showed in the result, but then those comments I've followed Carl his whole career as of you, as of many others, uh, he has tells in like his media stuff sometimes. And I, yeah. I was texting about this for the poker degenerates out there like you and I, when he starts rubbing the table, that's like, you know, rubbing the felt. That's when he, he he's trying to come up with something. He feels he's like un- he's uncomfortable. Just. Yeah. yep. Yeah, but yeah. he feels like this is a moment to do something, to say something. Uh, I, this is spiraling out of basketball now. But I, I think you are born a leader for the most part. Uh, you can learn stuff along the way. You can develop those skills. If you're not born a leader, maybe you can develop, but I could I believe in the workplace, you're just born a leader. I don't know necessarily all the times if he has that. He also, and I've been more pro Carl than you have, but for many years, he had to be the face of the franchise. He had to, he is a good person off the court. He had to do so many things to keep this franchise. I mean, he never demanded a trade. He didn't do all the stuff that a lot of other athletes do. He doesn't have to do that anymore he i still say he's the best player but he doesn't have to be the face of the timberwolves anymore he doesn't have to be the one that says all this stuff when adversity hits and that night you just found after a horrendously embarrassing game at home you're getting booed which was rightfully so by the way boo if you spend money to go to a game boo if it's a bad game but he just didn't know what to say and he started rubbing the felt and he started whenever he does that you guys like kind of throwing the media into this whole circle that's another tell that he he doesn't he's not going to say something that he's going to be proud of the next day and then he said some really stupid stuff and to to worry about what ants doing after he did come into the best shape of his life it seemed like a guy that was also probably a little pissed that he – I mean, Carl, Ant came into this season in the best shape of his life, and Carl probably came in the worst shape of his life.
0: Yeah, not he that he was,
1: like, lazy or anything in the office. He was just in the hospital. Right, you know? right. <laughs> not, yeah, not his fault. But, I mean, you know, if that's – if you and I thought that this was going to be a big podcast year for us and you came in and your takes were fire and I was in the <laughs> hospital for a week and didn't have a voice, like I'd be – I don't want to say jealous, but I'd have some, you know – Animosity towards man, you. Mackie, so I, oh man, that take on, on Jade McDaniels safe. in the second <laughs> half was honed, man. That Say by the Bell had his fire. So <laughs> I, I think that's what some of it was. But the comments were, again, why do you have to say that? Why do you have to say that out loud? But it also, and I kind of want to spiral this back to you, I, I try to find myself in these basketball seasons now. Basketball, more than anything, is a marathon. I don't really follow baseball too much, but like it is just, there are so many ups and downs and storylines. I try to pull myself out and think, what is, what are we actually witnessing now that we're going to talk about in April? And I think it's all about Ant, because the way that Ant handled Jace's question on Wednesday night when he was just like, yeah, you're right. He still kind of lies sometimes, but not because he's a bad person. He just exaggerates saying, I, that is literally how I've got on Score North sometimes. Like, it's just, you kind of just exaggerate when you're feeling yourself. He has eaten Popeyes in the last year. There is like a Zapruder film of him holding the bag. But he was just like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't eat Popeyes in the last two years. And then after that back to back, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just terrible after back to backs. He probably shouldn't have said that either. Like, you're a professional athlete. Yeah. He, he also just...
0: like should shouldn't be terrible. There's criticism there too. It's like, right. well, dude, you're 21, man. What you should it... be the best
1: back back to back player on this team. You can't just come up and be like, yeah, you know, what, on these back to backs, I'm just gonna be terrible. It's like, well, buddy. We got like 12 more Spree of those. just don't like playing in the daytime. <laughs> exactly. <with> Sam Cassell. <laughs> exactly. So I think we're just learning, but going back to Ant, Carl's comments were really bad. And I think that's a guy that is not in the shape he wants to be. Finch has said it now 14 times in a seven-day period that Carl has to make the biggest adjustment to make this work. So you don't, I've, we said this on Monday, you don't have the, the physicalness, you don't have the mentality, you just don't have it right now as you're working your way up to make that change. And then you see a guy like Ant come out and say the things he did. So, I think we're learning between what Ant had to go through in September with some of his social media stuff and how he handled that, and how he handled this. Not only did Ant dismiss that comment altogether, like I didn't even see it. I don't care about that. Did you see him running the stairs? That's the a game. big deal. I know that sounds so nerdy, don't but hurt, it was
0: Don't hurt your knee
1: doing it. But, but it, yeah. it wasn't Ant's account that posted it. I think it was Alan Horton that got the video. And then the Wolves obviously kind of blew it up too on their social. But I think that's a big deal, man. Like, he came out third 30-point game of the season. He only had four 30-point games his whole rookie year. He's already got three and six games or five games. Uh, I think we're, we're seeing this guy just forcefully take the mantle of this franchise. And it might rub some people the wrong way, but this this is the Anthony Edwards story. It always has been since he was drafted. And now he is a leading character. He handled that whole Popeyes gate pretty well. He delivered on the court, he delivered in the stairs, he delivered in postgame media. And that's what I'm taking away from this is this is just another feather and ants cap of eventually he's going to be the one that does the leadership talk. And he he is worth every penny. You know, the exact quote here, I'm just gonna grab it from Jace Frederick. Uh, Pioneer
0: Press. So what did Ant think of Kat's Popeye's comment from the other night? This is after the game was mm-hmm, over last mm-hmm. night. Nothing, for sure. I didn't really see it until somebody showed it to me. I haven't ate Popeye's in two years, so it didn't really bother me. The dismissal of Kat's comment is fascinating for two reasons. Number one, I think when a presumed team leader comes out and says something that fire, I mean, that is that is like, you, you don't bring that to the surface if you're cat unless it's very intentional and it's a thing behind the scenes or unless you're just obliviously doing it which i think it's more i think he just like threw it out there i think it was like almost word salad or word mm-hmm. vomit but you know if you're if you're a team leader you have to be very very careful and calculated about what you bring to light to the media that's the thing at that's the risk the of offending a teammate yep. or ruffling feathers right yep so The fact that Ant's response to it wasn't, you know, I've been thinking about it and Cat has been, I'm just making this up, but, like, if he had said, yeah, I mean, uh, boy, Cat has been a great beacon for my career and I tend to listen to what he says or he's got a point or whatever, like, it's almost like Ant didn't even let it land with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, to me, reflects more on what that locker room thinks of Cat as a leader. I'm not saying they think he's a bad guy or think that he's, like, a loser or something. I just don't think that room looks at him as the guy that's that needs to get up there after every game and, like, have a state of the union speech that everyone buys into. And,
1: and Ant kind of proved that by dismissing a really powerful thing that Cat said. The way he handled it, again, I know I just word vomited in my last thing but the way he handled it was exactly how you'd want it he just was like it's not a big deal you know if it, if there is any salt flake of a deal and talk to him about it at shoot around right or in the mm-hmm. locker room he's like yeah I didn't, I didn't even see it i know he saw it <laughs> like that's the thing right But oh, he's like, i didn't see it, it doesn't matter it was on and, tmz dude like <laughs> which was okay can we i mean i don't tmz someone had to someone had to have died that day that they could have covered and not covered popeye's <laughs> gate but and also, in, in back to Carl's defense, because this is the one thing that I will defend him on, he was right. Like we, the, the the Popeyes jokes and stuff from the first two years, Ant does need to take himself more seriously as an athlete. You hear that all the time. Like Chris Paul was on JJ Reddick's podcast, and there's like, "When did you realize you could, you know, extend your career?" And it's like it's when I started basically giving up all this trash food. So, for Ant to take that next just. I mean, it's what's holding Luca back. Luca is about as good as it can get, but he has this one more level to reach if he takes his care of his body. But every summer, we just see videos of him just, just crushing a hookah. Yeah. So for Ant, it's like, I think that I think Carl was trying to, like you said, lead, be in the moment, be the, the guy that kind of owns the locker room. But it's kind of, he also brought up a topic that's like old, right? Like, we're not, we're, we're not, we don't even do that anymore. Have you seen Correct. your teammates? It's not He's, a, thi- it's not it's a not thing, thing right now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Why would you bring up the thing that's not a thing anymore is what I kept going back to. And so for Ant to dismiss a, the team leader, presumably on paper, anyways, right? Like, the guy that's been here the longest, to just, can you imagine if LeBron had said that about a teammate, a young teammate or something, or Kobe back in the day, or or whoever? or Tim Duncan or whatever. Like, if they would have said it, it would have been, whoa, this is like, this was not just an off-the-cuff remark. This is something that they're bringing up intentionally. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it would have landed with the young player in a certain way, and it, and it wouldn't have been dismissed necessarily, I guess what I'm saying. But the other thing I think it does is it, it, if we think that eventually Ant's going to take this thing over and there's going to be kind of a shift in, because I think for this team to reach its max potential, there, there are pecking orders on every NBA team. There, there almost has to be. And I think Cat needs to be like third or fourth on that pecking order for this team to really come into its own at some point. I don't know if that can happen this year with a 21-year-old Ant that's so young to be moving up that high in terms of like the leadership, locker room, takeover, pecking order. But a comment like that and then the response that Ant had to the comment, and I agree with you, it was a great, perfect response. That's the type of thing that can help shift the dynamic behind the scenes where it's like, all right, well. Uh, Carl's going to say some stupid ish, I'm going to dismiss it and then go drop 34. And it's just another step toward it eventually being more Anthony Edwards team. If that makes sense.
1: My wife heard us talking about leadership power rankings and she goes, you and Phil must not have anything else to talk about. I was (laughs) like, well, yeah, it's kind of right. It's like late September. But the more I think about it, and I've thought about this since Monday, it actually, we're probably on this first and it's actually worth just talking about all year is I don't think it's just any basketball team has a hierarchy. I think like everywhere. Like, you know, like Score North has it, or my job has it. Like, there's a reason everyone has these different titles and then you get the org chart sent out to you every quarter, right? Like, because during, during an earthquake, you don't have time to start figuring out what your plan is. So you just have to have that plan in place so that when the ground starts shaking, it's like, okay, I grab this bag, you know, I put my wife on my shoulders and I get out the door or I get under a table. When adversity strikes, like it did on Monday, you're down 35 to a team that you're double-digit favorites to, you don't have time to figure it out. You just have to, like, respond. And that's – that. Carl didn't have the prep work. He didn't have the emergency bag. He just responded, said something to about Popeyes, and then it got – Carlly Towns rarely would send that tweet that he sent on Tuesday, right, where it's like, this team is awesome. We're not listening to the outside noise. That's not really him. He's not Kevin Durant. And it showed to me that – he must have realized that was his tweet to the public of like, okay, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That was stupid. So mm-hmm.
0: rather than just saying that it was stupid, of course, right, now he's right. going to make it about the outside noise. It's like, dude, it's not great
1: <laughs> <But, laughs> created the outside noise. Guy. But, but Ant on. did, I mean, I, I can still say I think Carl maybe is the best player on the team or whatever. I don't think I've ever said we didn't put Carl at number one on our power rankings of leadership, but this is going to be Anthony Edwards' team. Even, and, and that might be he might not know it now he might not think it but that might be really good for carl because i'm sure we'll talk about this but carl's towns just playing basketball is all he has to do now again he doesn't have to go to all the yes. promotional things thank you he doesn't have to be the franchise guy he doesn't have to have the burden that he did have he did have to be the guy to keep this franchise in minneapolis for a while when it was really bad or really dark but he doesn't have to do that anymore and i think between learning how to adjust on the court from a center to a power forward to learning off the court of being, you know, the number one face. It's just like, Hey, you can just be one of the faces. You can actually do less and it'll be more for this team now. And just let the funny kid talk, let Anthony Edwards, just do all the talking, do all the promotional stuff. You're going to get paid. You're making half a billion dollars. Just you can actually do less and it'll translate to more. Just go play basketball. Cause when you play basketball, you're good. When you're thinking on the court and making these facial features and stuff, it's, it reminds me, I don't know if you remember this, but last year, early in the season, they got like kind of spanked early in a game, and I think Carl fouled out. And he had like three offensive fouls, and it was embarrassing, and stray voltage was born from that moment. And the next day or two, they went to Milwaukee to play the Bucs. The Bucs were the defending champs at the time, and they beat them, and it was a really convincing game. And after the game, Carl gave what I would say was his most professional post-game interview where he was just like, you know i heard the noise i shut up i played basketball and he was awesome and that's again like last night just play basketball you don't yes. have to do anything else anymore just play because he,
0: he does that he, the,
1: it, even like game
0: the game three meltdown against memphis where they blew the 26-point yeah. lead and he just starts like you know just kind of getting into classic cat mode mm-hmm. and and then they come back five, five. if i'm not mistaken
1: didn't he go cyborg mode in game four he, he, I think he, he might have been game one where he went meltdown, and then game two. But I know what your point is. There was there was there
0: was, there was one there of was, the he had three yep. three playoff meltdowns. Yep. <laughs> play, There's the play in meltdown, and then right. the two more. And then he followed one or two of them with like what you just said, which is like cyborg cat. And last night he was a little bit more in that mold too. And that's what I want from him. Just just stop complaining to officials. Get back on defense. Stop flailing stop throwing anthony edwards under the bus after a post game like stop with the faux leadership just put your it's it's year 8 just put your head down and grind and go to work and dominate and last night was much more of that version than than i'd because like to see
1: that more often there's one group of stakeholders for whatever reason even though you know carl went through the covid stuff with his mom and he and he again is a really phenomenal person to have a part of your franchise for the most part because he is a professional. He's not in the news for bad things. Like he's just a good all around person, but for whatever reason, like NBA Twitter has just soured on him. They love to make fun of Carl. Uh, players in the league love to make fun of Carl. The one group of people that does, that respects Conley towns a lot is coaches. So when you watch like a game plan, they're still scheming against Carl. His, he has a gravitational pull of being one of the best shooting big men in the in, league history. Mm-hmm. So if you just go out there man and truly tune out the noise, but don't just f- say it, like actually do it and just spread the floor, you're a great passer, you know, you you can do a lot of things with the ball in your hands that guys can't do. The coaches will respect you and then you can do you can average 7 assists. You can run a team and lead them to a place they've never been without telling people. Like we all know it, man. We don't need you to tell us what the history of this team is, whatever. We know it, man. Just Play basketball because yeah. when you just play basketball, you are all NBA. Yeah. Going, going, we need to go good to great. Like it's all just hollow,
0: meaningless BS. And I had mm-hmm. a few people. Well, and what so- do you want him to do? He was asked a question about Anthony Edwards. What do you want? I said, that the questions in those press conferences, a guy who's been in and out of, right, like being a beat writer in my life and, pre- and like I've been at press conferences for half of my adult life. There's no rule or law that says you have to answer the question that was asked in a way that's, you know, satisfactory. I, I, as, as two guys who do this and get to talk and like fodder <laughs> me, it's entertaining when people, yeah. I want those answers. I like the fact that he answered the way that he did about the Popeyes because it gave us three days of interesting fodder. But you don't have to just answer questions like an open book with no regard for how it's going to land in the locker room. So it's just cyborg mode from this point forward, and then pop your head up at the end of the year and see where it gets you. That's what I'm interested
1: in. And going back to my respecting the grind and enjoying the marathon of this season, let's see, right? We only have one game as a sample size. Let's see how it is Friday. Big game. It's going to have a lot of highlights, you know, L.A., Lakers, all that stuff. But just do it again because this might be the pivotal moment for him where he just acknowledges like, you know what? Maybe I'll just be a little more d because D'Angelo Russell isn't giving you a ton in post game media, and that's his prerogative. He's just chosen whether sometimes it comes off frisky. Like I'm just not gonna give you anything, and that's yeah. fine. Like he has, he his his he's expected to show up to the post game stuff, but he doesn't have to say anything. Jane McDaniels, who was one of my favorite players, says nothing ever. He'll listen to him. He just he'll always start his sentence with "I'll say, I'll say." I'll say it's like Colonel Sanders or, uh, no, whatever the character is from Looney Tunes. Jane McGill says nothing. Let Ant just go say stuff because Ant, you know, you said Carl says some things that aren't true. Ant says a bunch of wild stuff too, but he's 21. He gets a pass and he backs it up when he plays. So the cyborg thing, I'm with you on that. Just be a cyborg. Just be yeah. a hired assassin to shoot a bunch of threes and take this team to another level because the, the, the bar is so low. The expectations are so low. If you get this team to fifty wins, man, no one's going to care what you say. Yes. So just do it. You you said something a few minutes ago that I, I think is wildly
0: incorrect. After the first five games, I'm gonna I'm gonna call oh, you to the floor uh, on it in just just a moment. Limited basketball knowledge, fine, me. But uh, let's shout out our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company here. So they've been around for over a hundred years. They've been supporters of the Timberwolves throughout uh, I don't know the, the the last couple decades, off and on. And uh, they're all about maximizing your business through risk management tools and resources. You can find a full list of industries they specialize in to see if your business matches at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. You said Carl Anthony Towns might be the best player or is the best player on this team. (laughs) I'm going to bring you the stat line. We're five games in. We're five games in. I know know where you're going with this. Per 36 minutes, there is a player on the Timberwolves averaging 27 points per 36 minutes, 8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, a steal and a half, shooting 47% from the field, leading the team in player efficiency rating, and third on the team in win shares, total win shares, despite only playing like you know half the minutes of some of the starters. It's crazy how fast Luca Garza has developed. It is Luca Garza. He is, <laughs> he's been an incredible towel waver on the bench. His uh, towel waving above replacement is uh, unmatched. His name is Jalen Noel. And uh, he is a free agent after the season is over. So they're going to have to figure that out in some capacity. But um, we kind of floated this like we were texting each other the last couple of days and then I, I brought this up with, with Judd on Mackie and Judd today that I want to see this whole season play out. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want, like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of fans after that first Spurs game that were like, trade cat, <laughs> yeah. just this is not working. This is the same old Timberwolves. Okay, like, I was very, very frustrated after the first Spurs game, but it is, the, you need to let this thing play out, and then in the summer, only then, to me, do you look back and say, okay, did it work? To what extent can it get better? Does there need to be some sort of exit strategy or plan B? And I'll tell you, Kyle. I don't know. I, I hope, I, again, I hope plan A works. But if they wound up deciding in nine months from now that they were going to build the next three to five years of this franchise around 21 year old Anthony Edwards, 22 year old Jaden McDaniels, and 23 year old Jalen Noel with Rudy Gobert, like, you know, in the last three years of his contract, just sitting back there doing his Rudy Gobert thing and they had to trade Cat to recoup some assets, first-round picks or, or whatever, because just, it just wasn't working. I am comfortable right now, five games in, seeing Jalen Noel's development with that exit strategy next summer. He is, he is good enough to where I would, I would carve out space for him and figure out the rest of the things later. Am I overreacting to five games?
1: Uh, I mean, yes and no. No to the fact that Jalen Noel... I said this last week. I get really sad watching him play basketball because it's, it's like you just know that his time is probably coming to an end. I think right now the most they can offer him as an extension is four years, $60 million. And that's a lot of money for a guy who's making just just north of like a million dollars a year. Uh, but he's, he's staring at what Jordan Poole got. He's mm-hmm. like, I should get that deal. He is staring at what Tyler Hero got it's like, I should get that deal. And in his defense, why shouldn't he? Like, those guys are both on teams and in markets that have made longer runs. I mean, Tyler Hero was a big contributor when that Heat team made their finals run. Obviously, Jordan Poole. But Jalen Noel is just as good as those two players. So you are running into a situation. Finch started this whole domino effect by saying in June, he's one of our core building blocks. You have to find a way to keep that guy. I've seen some people, too, be like, well, you should trade him before the deadline. You can't afford to lose him for nothing. Oh, boy. With with all due respect, like, that's stupid. We're trying to literally, the whole point of this podcast is to win 50 games and make the run for the first. You can't all of a sudden go backwards, even though I understand losing an asset. So you have to try to come to an agreement. It's probably not going to happen in the season, but he has to be the guy that you, like, just let him sit. First, cl- or in the first row on the plane all season, like just kind of butter him up now, because next summer we've all focused on the D'Lo part of him being a free agent. They're gonna probably have to look themselves in the mirror and be like, do we sign D'Lo or do we sign Jalen? And then this is a whole trickle down effect. We can talk about this later, but if they want to pay Jalen as much as he's worth, you're gonna have to pay the luxury tax. And new ownership has done and said all the right things, but are you willing to pay the new? Are you willing to pay the luxury tax unless you, will- you traded Cat? Right Unless you trade a cat, which I'm not at that level yet but I and understand- i'm not, I'm
0: not either, but i'm I'm absolutely like if someone I, wants to make a phone
1: call in the next twelve months and he's I always say that you there's no way and there's no way that that front office has that many smart people and brought in all these people from all these organizations this summer, and they haven't at some point over a glass of wine had a conversation there there is no I believe this pretty well educated guests that they have had, like they have escape plans built into this, right? There's no way they just traded for Rudy Gobert and then just started getting drunk for five months. Like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like they (laughs) have,
0: hopefully that works. All right. Yeah. yeah, Hopefully the
1: tall guys work. Like they have (laughs) contingency plans and that might be one of them. But to circle back to this whole thing, it's just like the Jalen Noel experience. It's incredible when he gets the ball. I just think he's going to score. And he, we're talking about a guy who was drafted like 43rd second round pick. Uh, if you, again, long time Wolves fans will remember this. It was I think he signed his deal with the Wolves after the the, the summer he got drafted, like in late August or early September. I'm um, I'm pretty sure I have this right. I don't think he played in summer league because he felt like I should get a better contract than one of those Goop to specials. So you got a dude now in his third or fourth year who already has felt disrespected by the business of basketball. There's no way he's going to take four sixty. No way. Even if that is an incredible pay raise, that guy thinks, no, four four one ten, bare minimum. I should get what those guys got. And he's right because he is a walking bucket, and he does so much things for that bench that you can fill around him with defensive guys. Or Finch doesn't have his lineups figured out. He doesn't have his rotations figured out, but he knows put Jalen out there. He'll get me 18. Yeah. He'll unstagnate the third quarter when we can't score. And he's just – I mean, he, he might have been through five games. You're, he might have been their best player. As good as Ant's been, he has been their most important player through five games. Yeah, I mean, if you if you trust player efficiency
0: rating over a five game sample size, he is their best player so far. Um, and it's and he's not. It's not like he's doing anything that drastically different than what he's done in limited playing time so far. This is this is the best version of him that we've seen. But you've you've seen these little flashes for parts of the last three years before that. He was also the Pac-12 Player of the Year in 2019 yep. in college it's kind of a mystery how, and maybe it's just because he wasn't like, he stayed in college. Like, you know, he didn't come out after his freshman year. Um, so he just, he was, went, and he's not like a freakish six foot eight, you know, size or anything like that. So maybe that's why he fell the second if, round. Yeah. If
1: you go back and look, he was part of like this historic recruiting class at the university of Washington, was, yeah. like, five different players. And then they had a coaching change. I think it was like Lorenzo Romar came in and, uh, I think four of those guys bailed, but he stayed committed. Seattle kids stayed at UW, uh, and, yeah, then he was Pac-12 player of the year, I think his sophomore year. But, yeah, his, his size kind of hurt him. But if you redrafted that year, he's not going in the second round. He's just a good basketball player. And he showed it again on Wednesday. I said, there haven't been a lot of perfect lobs thrown to Rudy yet. But Jalen Noel throws the best lob on the team to Rudy Gobert. And he did it again last night. But he also just plays with such a joy. We we're Going back to Carl, where we say, hey, just play basketball. Just have fun out there. You paid half a billion dollars just play basketball. Jalen Noel does it with such style and such substance that it kind of does. It's like how Ant dunks. It just builds up his, I mean, his. it gets into a flow. His teammates are loving it. He's just spinning the ball around doing crazy things. So there is no way that that guy is going to see less time moving forward. It's just going to be how much time can you give him? Because you still have to navigate the the D'Lo waters. I mean, they've been really good with Jordan McLaughlin off the bench, the Ant waters. And then too, like if Jalen's been the best player, Jaden McDaniels might've been the second player. So, I'm I'm not ready to trade Cat. I know you're not ready to trade Cat. But it's not the worst contingency plan in the world if this thing kind of pivots in a weird way where you just go full youth movement with proven guys that have taken yes. you to the playoffs and then have Rudy Gobert be your, I don't know, your Andrew Bogut of those early Warriors teams, right? Again, the Warriors won championships, but you just kind of have that old veteran center and then you surround him with a bunch of young athletes and scores.
0: You know... He kind of reminds me, Jalen Noel, of Donovan Mitchell's game a little bit, too. Yeah. I, this is yeah. gonna, I almost think he's like a—he has potential to be almost a better version of that in some ways. Like Donovan Mitchell is a fully realized version of Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Noel has not had a chance to be fully realized yet. They could both score at all three levels. I think Jalen Noel has more defensive upside than Donovan Mitchell does. So we'll let that take play out over the course of the year. But that's that's the player comp that kind of strikes me. Um, but imagine having, like, you've already got Anthony Edwards and, and you've got Carl Anthony Towns and D'Lo. Like, what if you just plopped, oh, all of a sudden, Jalen Noel is, like, kind of Donovan Mitchell light or something on this team. Just this ridiculous group of talent. Well, let me let me throw this at you, too. One more thing on this, and then we can get to uh, Phil and Kyle uh, read the comments. If at the end of the year and going into the summer, Jalen Noel is, is, has finished a season in which he is playing largely like this for 82 games, And Jaden McDaniels is doing the Jaden McDaniels thing, and he's growing. And both of those guys are are due for contract extensions. In the case of Jalen Noel, I mean, it'll be a fight with other teams. But if if you had to sacrifice Carl Anthony Towns because of luxury tax reasons and to get just value back, you either have to choose write out Carl Anthony Towns for the next, whatever, four years, or... Jaden McDaniels and Jalen Noel contract extensions and you build around those two guys plus Anthony Edwards and then Rudy Gobert is part of the team in either scenario. Where where do do you...
1: uh, I I am a big Conley Towns fan, but what Jaden McDaniels brings, this is really deep statistics, but they're undefeated this year when Jaden scores 11 points or more and winless when he doesn't. Uh, Just his impact without having plays called for him He had a block last night that was awesome. Like, he just, he's starting to make more cuts. Again, I am very much happy with Carl having the zip code that he has. But to your question, I would focus on the Jalen, Jaden extensions because I just think that's a special trio. And I still have my reservations about the whole two centers thing. I mean, I'm very excited about it, I think Mm -hmm. it's going to get better, but I'm also just whether it be the dynasty fantasy football player in me, I'm always just trying to aim towards the young guys. And I know Jaden's special. I thought Jaden was special his rookie year. I think Jalen Noel is starting to show that he's special too. And maybe those pieces, again, it maybe it doesn't have anything to do with Carl. Maybe it's just that those pieces fit together better and give you a longer runway to make this work. So I'm trying to think too, like, if you gave, if you gave those guys huge
0: contracts, which they're going to get, um and you had to – let's say you, you had to then trade Carl Anthony Towns to just, like, get rid of some – get some luxury tax relief. Would you run a lineup out then of, I guess, I mean, Gobert at the five and then Jay McDaniels as a, a small four? And then you'd, no. then that, you'd run biggest... Ant and Jalen in a, in a point guard? Or would you – or would one of those guys have to be a primary – It would still have –
1: this is this is so far out in the future, But <laughs> I'm think, sorry for doing this, but No, the no, way. no, the Jane McDaniels, the Jane <laughs> McDaniels like, at the four thing at. can't do it. Like he he even showed you against Utah the other night, that yeah. he couldn't even guard like has Market in a he's be a three. Yeah. Like he he has to be a three, and obviously Claire has to be your two, unless it's we've learned in the 2022-23 season that Anthony Edwards really is the next Luca, right? Where he can just he's gonna bring the ball up a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you're starting to ask so much of him if he has to play point guard, give you 35, and defend, defend someone. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is, again, that's why I think the Jordan Poole or even a Tyler Hero, those comps are really good because those guys come off the bench. You, it doesn't matter who starts, right? The old cliche, it's who finishes. Mm-hmm. You can finish with those guys in your final two minutes. like Then you can have Ant bring the ball up, Jalen bring the ball up. But I, I don't think you could ever see those three starting together, and it's not because they couldn't or it's nothing against Jalen or Ant, but Jane McDaniels can't play the four. So, in that situation, it, it, if Jaden is going to be a three, then you don't really have room for those other two. Yeah. All right. Again, I, I apologize for the, no, that the path was, that that was good. That that I just me drug you down there, but <laughs> we're just in the, in the dark <laughs> web of uh trades. No, I, 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 I do think having a contingency plan, though, if for the people that thought you went all in here, you can't pay Tim Connolly $10 million and bring in the Avengers in your front office and not be like, okay, yeah. so. If this stalls or we become Utah or we don't even hit the Utah ceiling, what is our contingency plan? And to what you said about Carl, we actually have him signed for, I think, six more years. So he's still a really good basketball player, and he's signed for pretty much the remainder of his—he's, what, 27? 32 years old or something, yeah. He'll probably age well the way he plays basketball, but you have Carl locked up on a contract for the rest of his prime. That's going to fetch you a lot. So I don't think that's where they're at right now, and hopefully they never have to get there, but I'd be shocked, man, if that's not something that they at least thought of.
0: Yeah, there's some cords to be pulled if needed here, and, and and you you hit on one of them. Actually, it kind of leads us into Phil and Kyle read the comments here on Flagrant Howls. Uh, we'll start with this one from Brett on YouTube. Love you, Phil, but you saying this is from right right before the season. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. I uh, love you, Phil. But you saying someone trading a first rounder for Jalen Noel is the most blasphemous thing you have ever said. In fairness, Brett, I am dragging this comment to the light. I lo- I had this comment in in the notes. I thought we <laughs> were going to do it last week. Uh, it's still sitting here, and now you we've printed seen it out. <laughs> you put it in your bathroom mirror. It is. It's it's, it's uh, bulletin board material for me. <laughs> um, if they if they got to the end of the year, correct me if I'm wrong. It would have to be a sign and trade at the end of the year. Yeah. But but if if he played like this. And you decided, you know what, I just I don't think there's any way we're going to be able to get him in free agency with the value that he's built up. I'm with you. I ride it out and try and do as much damage this year with this current team. But if mm-hmm. the front office said, well, we, we would like to get some value back on that Gobert trade, and we're not going to be able to re-sign Jalen Noel, and so we will shop him at the trade deadline. I think this version of Jalen Noel playing this way for three months
1: absolutely gets you a first round pick back am i just being a homer no i don't think so because again this is this is a thing i'm not like i'm totally against because unless the season was like 25 and 50 like you're not going to trade you're not going to be sellers at a deadline with i know i said this earlier but like a nas but you're not gonna be sellers if you're trying to like make a run but let's just for this hypothetical if jalen noel like yes if you could go find a team that could give you like a future first, that's you know a bunch of different protections on it and all this stuff, but then they're bringing him in. And this is kind of what happened when the Blazers were like, we're not going to pay Gary Trent Jr. We're going to trade him to Toronto, and then Toronto's like, okay, we're going to bring this guy in and we're going to give him like four years, ninety-five million. So he would be going to a team that they're not only giving up that asset, but they're like, we're we're going to pay this guy. But I I, I there's no way that that's crazy because I know we're five games into this and you just said he's the best player on the team and I was like, yeah, I think this first five games he has been his ceiling is only going to go up like you're starting to see trickles of him being in like a six man of the year conversation if we're 35 more games out and he's like averaging 18 points off the bench and now people are starting to know who he is there's no first round picks get thrown around in so many different types of deals in general that's not a hot take like that's a very valid thing that a team would be like yeah we'll give you that pick because we're going to have his rights and then we're going to be able to pay him
0: this is mostly just a closed circuit to John Hollinger, Ryan Drusillo, and Bill Simmons, who've been the ones <laughs> leading the national charge of, but how, but they don't have any picks. How are they ever going to? It's like there's there are paths to get picks if you want
1: to go down those paths. That, that Carl T. Towns conversation, you know how many picks you're going to get for a guy who's like 27? Might have some weird things you don't love about him, but has signed for six years and is a good player. You're going to get a lot for him, especially if yes. you're not a desperate team. So sorry, Brett, but you lose. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. But we love the fact that you listen to but us yes, and watch Yes, thank you, Appreciate Brett. We you, love man. you.
0: Uh, Jonathan Straka via YouTube says, Gobert is just such an awesome damn professional, the way that he goes about his business. He can grab almost two dozen rebounds without you even noticing. You know, Judd noticed this in last night's game, and I didn't see this exact interaction play out, but there was a play where he uh, Gobert was in the lane offensively, got fouled, but they didn't call it, it was just kind of a, a miss by the official. He gets right back up, sprints back on defense, makes yep. a play, whatever. And then, the, and then there was a dead ball a short while later. And he then goes over to the official and says, hey, that thing that happened a couple minutes ago, here's my here's my thought on it, right? That's, that is the professional thing, not to just like keep bringing it back to Carl Anthony Towns. But, like, dude, don't sit there in the moment and cost your team a five-on-four odd man rush the other way. Bank it in your memory, get back on defense, and then go back to the official in like 90 seconds when there's a dead ball, and then plead your case. You're not, it, you're not gonna like, the official's not gonna stop the the fast break the other way because oh, you know what? God, I, I'm glad you complained. I now that I've thought about it for 10 extra seconds. So like, even that type of professionalism from Gobert. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna put a pin in that. Gonna get back on defense, make a play, and then go
1: back to the official in a respectful way. That's how you do it. The best players in the NBA complain to the officials all the time. Like, that's a fact.
0: Luca is more guilty than pretty much anyone, including Kat.
1: Right, exactly. If you go look at the top 15 list, all those guys complain to the refs all the time. If you disagree, it's because they do it so subtly. They do it, like you said, at, at dead balls, at free throws. Like, Pat Bev was the king of this. He wouldn't, like, if he got, there was a missed call or something, like, he would get right back up, get back down until the play stopped. Then he would just find his way over to the official and then give them an earful and when the moments cool down, that's when they're more willing to listen to you, right? They're not going to listen to you, bark at them when the play is also they're in transition to go other way. And the ref has to get down there and calls on the floor. So I, I liked everything. I got to talk to Rudy in Vegas. I've, I've liked everything he's done so far as kind of the elder Statesman on the team. After that loss on Monday, I know he kind of brought some humor to it, or maybe it was Sunday when he's like, we're the, we're the best worst defensive team in the league. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need him a little more too. Again, you can't just put all those picks and all that mean he's making a ton of money. You can't just put all that in there just to block shots or get rebounds. You're also hoping that guy can bring some of the positive attributes he has as a leader into that locker room. Because as we've talked about now for three months, they lost a lot of voices in that locker room and you need Rudy Gobert. If it comes down to resume, Rudy Gobert has got to look around the res- the room and be like I've done more than a lot of you guys. Like, you know what I mean? I know Carl's great, but I've, I've made it to playoffs multiple times. I've, I've been all defense. I've done these things. So yeah. uh, I, I like him as a leader, and I hope that it continues to grow as we just spent 30 minutes talking about how maybe the people that are talking right now. Like, Phil, if this ever goes south, gun to your head, who's leading the players-only meeting? That's the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's Gobert. You don't Gobert. have an answer. <laughs> I don't think it can be Cat. It's
0: probably it's probably B-Low.
1: Or Tortorian Prince, right? Like it's okay. like he closes the door. Or, I mean, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, yeah, that's my guy. But I'm just, like, that's a funny thing to think about because it seems like players only meeting is on every team's bingo card at some point in the season. Um, I, I joked that I was like, I don't think anyone's ever had one before Halloween. Uh, so thankfully, we've dodged that bullet. But well,
0: well, there's still there is the still Lakers a couple games. Game, right?
1: The Lakers game. Some team will have a players only meeting after that. It'll either be the Wolves <laughs> losing the Lakers or the Lakers going zero five. So yeah, you just <laughs> th- there's still voices that need to grow in that locker room, and I think Rudy is one of the good ones. Um, and again, when I said this on Monday, when the Jazz media were in town uh, last weekend I was there, they, they, all, they all said it. They're like, we're excited for this new era of trying to rebuild and all these young guys, but we loved Rudy. He was great. He was great to us. He was great to his teammates. He was great outside, inside, upside yeah. down. Uh, so keep keep talking. Keep leading.
0: The Jazz won another game. They're 4-1 now on the season. Larry and went for like, 20-some points and a bunch of rebounds. So that Jazz team, we talked about that on Monday's episode, but that's a that's a feisty team. Uh, real quick, before we get back to the comments here, is it better or worse for the Timberwolves if Russell Westbrook plays on Friday?
1: <laughs> Probably worse just because of all his warts, the one thing he does well is what the Wolves have so far not done well, and that's just Try. Right, like he, he's going to give you energy. He's going to exert himself, whether it be pros or cons. I'm telling you, though, like, I know that we're going to be nervous about that because that's the scar tissue talking. That Lakers team is one of the worst basketball teams ever. Uh, they can't make shots. How do you They're, put that roster
0: around LeBron James? I guess listening to LeBron James' advice on trying to probably, construct a
1: roster is how you get there, right? I mean, uh, we're both very big Pat Bev fans. They're backcourt. They're starting backcourt in the fifth game of a season – in like a non purge year or apocalypse is Patrick Beverly and Austin Reeves like that's and Patrick Beverly for all the stuff we've talked about how we miss him as a leader, his defense and stuff. I think he's shooting 18% from three. Like go look at his splits right now through the first week of the season hasn't been great. Um, Really shifting into that podcaster role. Uh, So Friday is going to be a really big game, but I I think what there could be five Westbrooks, zero Westbrooks, negative five Westbrooks. They should beat that team by twenty. Yeah.
0: And I know that they they did win the pandemic championship as as part of this, but like <laughs> Yeah. The but they title. but Brandon Ingram would be I think if you had one Mulligan, you're the Lakers, wouldn't you would you like to have a twenty five year old in his prime, Brandon Ingram playing? You know that like they traded him to get Anthony Davis and they did win a championship. So technically
1: like The trade worked, but my God, (laughs) that and then like Josh Hart up in Portland now is like one of my favorite role guys. He just does every little he's kind of like a guard version of Vando, just gets a lot of rebounds, plays defense. Uh, Lonzo Ball, obviously his knees have kind of gone downhill, but they gave up a lot. And one of the things they gave up is there's this 2023 unprotected first round pick that could be the number one pick in the draft and the Pelicans own it, and that the Lakers are the worst team in the league right now. So they gave up a lot to win one title. Um, Would I give up both my arms for one Wolves title and then 40 years of misery? Absolutely. But if you're a Lakers fan and you're used to winning, I don't know if you're loving the returns on that deal.
0: Okay, Rick Meisch here via the YouTube comment section says, Kyle, I love listening to your ideas on the Timberwolves. You are tops. Wish you could do Vikings analysis as well. So this is now your time here. If you've got takes on the Vikings, Rick, and maybe others, for all we know, are interested oh, in your spot. Vikings takes. So
1: what are your what are your what are some of your best Vikings takes? Go ahead. Oh, I just think in, a lot of my takes are influenced because I am such a score North Mackie and Judd guy. But I just think five and one is five and one. I, I, I it's kind of like the Wolves, right? I can pivot back if they beat the Lakers and they're four and two. Knock on wood. Then they play the Spurs again. They could be five and two when we wake up Monday morning. Um, and there's so much to work out, but wouldn't you still just rather be five and two? Like, look around the NBA right now, just like you would in the NFL. There are so many teams that are just meh and they're disappointing and they're lethargic and they're out of shape. I just want to have as many wins stacked up as possible. So for the Vikings, like I'm sure, like I listen to you guys, there's so much to fix, and there's holes, and there's this and that. But they're five and one. And would you rather be five and one and have stuff to work on or be three and three and have stuff to work on? It's an easy it's an easy call. So, yeah, it's yeah, self-scouting
0: a, a, week, too. I mean, they've had two weeks to go look at the film and fix some things here. So that
1: nice was my that on. was my bite. I appreciate that, because, uh, again, I have a lot of football takes and I just have to text them to <laughs> fill. But, uh yo, it's, it's a good time to be a Minnesota sports fan other than the baseball team. Yeah. Uh, the baseball team. Don't get me started on the baseball team. No, <laughs>
0: Uh, all right Phil and Kyle read the comments here this is uh this isn't a comment directed at us it's just an internet discussion
1: here this week would you rather thank you be attacked by a shark or a bear there's only one answer but i but you have to I want you to start I think I'm gonna I'm let's on three okay say okay. shark or
0: bear so it'll go I'll say it'll go one two three and Animal. then you say it okay all right would you rather be attacked by a shark or a bear one, two,
1: three, bear. Bear, thank you. Okay, there we go. Listen, because the, and they talked about this, Bill Simmons kind of brought this up on one of his pods with Van Lathan, but the shark thing is so scary because they're just like, I feel like more aggressive, and you're in the water. You're on you're there, like, it's a home game for them. Perfect, no better way to put it. It is a home game for the shark, yeah. where even if I am in the middle of the woods in the Pacific Northwest, it's a neutral site at best, right? Now,
0: like, yo, you put me, you put me on the grass, I'll take my chances with the shark. You want to come to my home turf? Yeah, exactly. You want to come? You want to try and right, try and stand up, guy? Let's go. All right? Yeah, and if you're gonna you flop put around me, like an idiot. Now
1: I have to YouTube this, but if you put me in the water with a bear, I feel like I might. I would swim it. I'm lighter. I'm smaller. But yeah. if you put me in the water with a shark, it is done. It is donezo. But if you put me on the ground, I mean, I, I know the revenant doesn't necessarily support my take, but I feel like I might be able to outrun him. I don't don't climb trees. That's like rule I number one. one. <laughs> but I feel like I could dodge and you know duck and get around trees. So you the could, answer is At the very least, you could cut open a horse and try
0: and hide inside the guts of a horse, like Leo DiCaprio did. Was it I'm a glad horse? you saw. Yeah, I it mean, is he a did horse. That, right. Okay,
1: that was yeah. That was. Uh, I don't know. I've always wondered like if I was thrown in the middle of like the North Dakota winter, if I could have survived just in a horse's body. Or dude, I, I can know. barely survive like downtown Minneapolis in a, in a winter. <laughs> That's let, all, that's, let alone the wilderness. That's how us University of North Dakota kids had to go to school. We had to basically just warm up in our horse carcass, and then we sprinted <laughs> to class, we ran back to our horse carcass. <laughs> I'm glad you saw a bear, though, because anyone who thinks shark, sharks are so scary. You can't see them either. They're underwater unless well, they have a little fin up. So there's two ways to look at the
0: the answer to this question, though. There's the which one would you have a better chance of surviving?
1: But okay. then there's
0: if you have no chance of surviving, which one would you rather attack you just to get it over with? Oh, and so yeah. my, my first instinct was, well, I mean, if either one of those things attacks me, I'm, I'm going to die. So just just the shark is just going to, like, bite you in half and you're just dead and it's over. And the bear is going to, like, maul you and, like, it's going to be a process. So in terms of, like, if it doesn't work out, give me the shark. But if, if it's just about who do I have a chance against, I'd rather play the bear on neutral site. And mm-hmm. then play
1: the shark on the road, you know, can't and do it. So you said bear. I said bear. A lot of people online said shark. Carl How are you dis-
0: defeating a shark? Right. Are, a car- you,
1: are you are you just like you're going to get away from the shark somehow? Listen, one of the biggest fake news of all time is this idea that you just punch a shark in the nose. Okay, like I'm sure that's great on Disney Channel, but no one actually tries to punch a shark in the nose. Like that's not a real thing. Like can you imagine having the just the gall of like this shark's attacking me? I'm just going to try to throw right. Like that's not going to work. So <laughs> you said bear. I said bear. The Internet said shark. Carl probably said gorillas. Um, but again, this, the whole point of this is that try not to mess with animals. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, all right, you can always drop us comments uh, either in the YouTube comment section of these Flagrant Howls episodes, Score North YouTube channel, or uh, you can send messages through the Scornorth app. There's a, a feedback tab. We collect everything for all of our shows, Purple Daily, uh, Judd's Hockey Show, too, if you're, if you're a puck fan. And again, we appreciate you guys riding this early roller coaster, a turbulent
1: <laughs> roller coaster early on here through the first five games. We, but uh, the, uh, we're going to be here talk, for the whole thing. The next time we talk on Monday, but I didn't tell you this yet. I'll be coming back. I have not slept from Vegas. I'm going there for my wife's birthday. She's a Halloween birthday. So uh, we'll talk on Monday, and they'll either be 5-2 and two, um, after a couple, again, Lakers, Spurs, pretty easy games. Just show up with energy. Or they'll be three and four, and you and I will be looking to literally pull the rip cords and just completely pivot into our contingency plan.
0: If they are under 500 by the time we do our next episode, I will no longer be like tinkering with the exit (laughs) plan here. I I will be, I will have the facts. I'll have six trade
1: ideas in detail for you on Monday for Carl Anthony. You'll have the facts lined up to send to the league office. Yeah, that, (laughs) Yeah. that, that would be a good bet because their schedule is so easy still for the next couple of games, hypothetically, five and two would be like, Yes or no, will they be under five hundred at any point throughout the season? And then they get the Rockets too at some I, I think in like the I think the answer would probably be yes, because you could still be like six and seven or something. But if if the, if this plays out as much as I think it will, you know, five and two or whatever, like will they will they ever dip below that again? Because you can't dip they below five hundred in January, they... in January and then still win fifty games. So no. we're running out of time for them to dip below five hundred. We're running out of time. As we're four days from Halloween, we are in must-win category on Friday night against the Lakers. Thanks for hanging out with us, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. He's Kyle. I'm
0: Phil. This is Flagrant Howls.